Hello, this is John Curtis, and we are back, baby. On today's episode, we will be recapping our time in Yosemite. I will be giving John's joke of the week, and then and then we'll be be going through the life and career of Quentin Tarantino, ending with two truths, one lie. Tarantino edition. Hit the music. Uh. All right, you are listening to the John and Christian Podcast, Episode 7. We are back. John, how does it feel, man? Oh, it feels great. Um, How you been, Christian? Dude, I've been great, man. I, uh, I've i been really good, man. You, wanna, we, you know what we should do? We should tell everybody about our Yosemite recap, because we haven't got the chance to yet, huh? Yeah, we didn't yet. Okay, so... We surprised you, John. How surprised were you when seven dudes come rolling up at your house in Merced, California, knocking on your door? What was going through your head when you opened it? You didn't recognize me at first. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. <laughs> um, actually, uh, there's actually a video to prove. I was thinking they put, you know, give a little audio of that. Oh, put the video in? Yeah, maybe I'll try to mess with the... Uh, the audio settings and went on, see if I can include it. If not, you can go to our Instagram page to see the video of me uh, or of us surprising John. But John like answered the door and he says, what's up? And I said, what's up, man? (laughs) And I said, you want to go to Yosemite? And then he goes, Christian. (laughs) I was, was, dude, I was legitimately worried at first. I was like, John forgot what I looked like. (laughs) (laughs) But then you remembered, you remembered. So then we, we picked yeah. John up. We were rolling eight deep in the car. This was an eight-person car. We were rolling eight deep, tons of luggage. We had stuff all over us. And then we went to the grocery store, got a bunch of groceries. We got salami and whatnot. And then we get back in the car with eight people plus groceries. So there's stuff piled up everywhere. We were packed in there like sardines. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh we made it to the cat we drove to so the first two nights in yosemite we stayed in the cabin second two nights we were in a tent john was only with us for the first day and a half though so the night john was with us we were in a cabin so we drove to the cabin and uh it was snowy icy made it there alive it was freezing cold when we got out of the car john's immune to the cold though so it didn't really matter to him um and then we did a cookout that night and then we told some uh we told a little spooky stories you got any uh you remember the spooky story time john yeah of course i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mine is the most scariest one yeah 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 we'll see i thought mine was a little scarier no it's my fate it's mine <laughs> i don't know we'll see maybe we'll tell scary stories one time on the podcast and people can vote um anyways that was our first day then we went to sleep we were all pretty tired um, and the next day we woke up, we went and saw kind of the main views in Yosemite Valley, Tunnel View. We saw a little Capitan. We saw a uh, Half Dome. Half Dome. Yes. Um, we threw a lot of snowballs <laughs> at each other. We were just pelting <laughs> each other with snowballs. Um, and then we climbed yes. the Lower Yosemite Falls. Dude, that was awesome. When we went to Lower Yosemite yeah. Falls, that was really yeah. cool. Lower yeah. Yosemite was the best. Um, 
we were like climbing boulders and we were getting sprayed with water. John was also wearing only, or he had pants on too, but he was on. He was only wearing a cutoff hoodie, so he was going sleeveless, and it was cold. I was worried about him, but he does not feel the cold. But it was a ton of fun, and then we went back. Um, that took up like really our whole day, and then we, uh, you got to meet all my friends too, which was awesome. We had a ton yeah. of fun with you, dude. We wish you were in College Station, and then. Uh, after that, let's see what we do. I guess we kind of just drove back because that took up the majority of the day. We heated up some pizzas, ate a little bit of a little bit of za, had some pizza, and then we were on the road. Nah. And dude, yeah. when we dropped you off, it was the most magical snow of all time. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was like it feels like, it feels like it feels like white Christmas it on did. a cabin. <laughs> it was like. a white Christmas, dude. I agree. Um, it was it was like magical, man. It was a scene straight out of a movie, and then uh, you can see you can kind of see the snow in the video we put on Instagram when John waves. Um, you can see the snow falling, but it was it was an incredible snow, incredible day and a half. So glad we got to spend it with each other, man. Glad we got to surprise it. You had no idea it was coming. It was awesome. That was our time in Yosemite. Now, the time and the moment we have all been waiting for the much overdue. John's joke of the week. Now, John, you better bring some fire this week because it's been a while since we've done one of these. And this is generally people's favorite segment. So the floor is yours. Let's hear it. Okay. The, the qu- you want to know what the question is? Yeah, I want to know the joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what do you do if you have a DeLorean? If you have a DeLorean? Like a DeLorean from Back to the Future? Yes. If you, if I had a DeLorean, I would go back to the future. No, it's not. What is it? It says, drive it from time to time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a, little, a little play on words there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, my, it's, my, it's not actually kind of like, it is, it is my joke, but it was giving it to me. Yeah? From me. From from a relative who's listening right now on a, on a, on our podcast. Oh my gosh! No way! We got one of your fans sending a joke, huh? A relative. Yeah. Well, I like yeah, it. Yeah, a relative. Yeah. That was he, good... he was listening to podcasts. <laughs> oh. Like, if you people like wants to know if you like our if you guys are commenting down below, um, our things makes. You could give me like little joke of the week thing down there for a comment. Okay, there we go. An official request from John to leave a comment with a joke to help him out for John's joke of the week. Is that what you wanted? Yeah. Yes. Okay, there we go. Maybe we have these jokes need to keep being surprises though. All right, that was a good joke, dude. Well done. Way to start us off. Now. We are going to do our first ever kind of director life and career review over Quentin Tarantino. What do you say, John? You want to do it? Let's do it. Okay, so... Let's talk about Tarantino's early life. We can kind of speed through this. Also, the way this is going to go is we're going to talk about his early life, his career in filmography, basically about his movies, and then his uh, kind of what he's known for, his style, and then we're going to do two truths and one lie. So with his early life, um, he started out um, at the age of 14. He wrote a screenplay called Captain Peach Fuzz and the Anchovy Bandit. 
Sounds like mm. a thriller, huh, John? <laughs> it is. It is. So he wrote that when he was 14. Um, he dropped out of high school when he was 15. Um, he attended some theater classes, worked in a number of jobs, including spending time in the aerospace industry um, and mainly video stores. He kind of became known at this video store as like the guy who absolutely loved movies. He knew everything about every little movie and was great at recommending and he just had this passion for it. And then he eventually landed his first job in Hollywood in 1986 and that's kind of when his career began. You got anything to add on about him growing up, John? Um, um, I know he has, well, I know his father has a, a camera, on like a video camera that he can use for making films. Oh yeah, so his dad helped him out by letting him borrow a camera and kind of giving him his first introduction into film filming? Yes. That's cool. So that's important to know too, that his family also influenced him. Um, so that's kind of quick run through of his early life, how he made it into Hollywood in 1986, now, onto his career in filmography. Also, everything, or everything, all I don't know about you, John, but all my notes are coming from Wikipedia. So if anything of the... If it anything is of, online, too. Okay, okay. I know. So if any of the things, if any of the stuff we say is false, blame it on Wikipedia. <laughs> right, John? Not on us. Yeah, not on us. Blame it on Wikipedia. Okay, so career in filmography. So, his career began when he wrote... Uh, okay, wait. First off... I'm going to start out by saying how this is going to go. So he's he's directed, wrote, made about 10 movies. Um, and we're going to highlight, we're going to talk, we're going to mention all of them, but we're going to highlight three of them. Um, so we'll let you know when we get to highlight movie. But all right, the first movie that he made was My Best Friend's Birthday in 1987. He wrote and directed it. And this is when his career began. You got anything to say about he My took, Best Friend's Birthday? Well, it was, it was, um, it was a short film that he directed, and I've never seen it, though. Yeah, no, I've never seen it, too. I don't think very many people have. It was just kind of his introduction. Um, his next movie, so this is a highlighted one. We're going to go in depth, or somewhat in depth on this bad boy. In I 19- love in depth. Yeah, we're going in depth. Here we go. In 1992, uh, he sold the script for Natural Born Killers in order to fund his movie Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, um, that's a- yeah, one of the guys, his name is Harvey Cartel. Okay, Harvey Cartel. What about Harvey? Well, basically, he was introduced with Tarantino with his screenplay of Reservoir Dogs. Gotcha, gotcha. So and, Reservoir it was, and and also and also he started in Reservoir Dogs too. Okay, I actually didn't know that. Shows how much research I did. Um, but I did know that he he acts he acted. It feels like early on he acted in a lot of his movies. Um, as well as directed and wrote them. Uh, but so Reservoir Dogs, this was really his like coming out movie in terms of this is when he really took on Hollywood stage and hit it big. Yeah, this is his first theatrical release, de- theatrical debut movie of all time. Okay, gotcha. Um, that's obviously important. That's a huge deal. Um, and then uh, this film has been deemed as many as the greatest independent film of all time. Those yeah. are some huge, huge words. Huge honor. Would you agree, yeah. John? Is it the greatest totally independent agree. film? Okay. Yeah. Well, I've never <laughs> seen it, but I know it's the greatest film. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I've never seen it either. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the next director we go over, we should probably watch his movies first, huh? 
Yes, that's true. <laughs> and you can find the styles in in the movie too. You know. Yeah, that's true. That's the point. Okay, uh, <laughs> we'll go on to the next one. So this next one is actually one of the highlighted films too. This is Pulp Fiction. This is probably one of his, if not his most famous movie. Um, this signature. is a classic. Yeah, signature. signature. Yeah. Signature. It's a classic, man. You got anything to say about Pulp Fiction? Well, I own it on DVD. Um, okay. It's like, has an all-star cast. Um, What else I'm talking What else could I talk about? So he, what I know is that he was first approached by Hollywood and offered numerous projects, including Men in Black. Tarantino almost uh, made the Men in Black movie. Uh, but instead, he went to Amsterdam um, to write the script for Pulp Fiction. Um, he wrote it, he directed it, and he acted in it. Um, it won the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. That's huge. Yes, he did. And also was also is nominated for seven Academy Awards. Seven. Yeah, I got I got those listed here. So he was uh, he received a nomination for Best Director. Um, it also received five more nominations, including Best Picture. He also won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes or uh, Cannes Cannes Film Festival, which apparently Cannes Film Festival. Cannes Film Festival. Apparently, that's a big deal. I don't know what it is though. Do you know what that is? Um, it's like independent independent film festival. Oh yeah, no, I know what the film festival is, but do you know what the Palme d'Or is? The thing I do want? not, I do not know. It's it's a type of, of award, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so too. Um, all right, I'm gonna be and and for the sake of uh, complete honesty and transparency, I have not seen Pulp Fiction. Oh, I tried it one time. It was super long. I couldn't we couldn't finish it. Um, it was at um a filming on. On historic theater in yeah. Fresno was playing it, and we probably we left in the in the middle of the movie, so we didn't <laughs> finish the movie. Like, I think it's like between two hours. I think it's like two hours and a half. Wait, you guys just left? Yeah. Why? It was super long. We don't know how long it will take to finish the movie. Did you the not movie like starts it? at eight. Sometimes it's later because the, the crowd because it's be quiet. Yeah. So yeah. you guys just up and left halfway through. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I've ever done that. Was it bad? No, it wasn't bad. It is super long. Okay. You had to get out of there, go eat some food, huh? Something like that. Something like that. Okay, so that's Pulp Fiction. Um, definitely one of his better known films. Um, really the one that people, I think, when they think Quentin Tarantino and the classics, this is one the one they associate it. Um, with him the most um, okay his next film not a highlighted film Jackie Brown came out in 1997 uh, so this film was an adapt- adaptation of Elmore Leonard's novel Rum Punch really don't know much about it to be completely honest but you got anything to say about Jackie Brown um man I do not I do not know yeah that's okay we uh I don't think that that, that film didn't get as much like hype as a lot of his other ones okay moving on um, his next film, which ended up splitting into two films, was Kill Bill, Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, volume 1 came out in 2003, Volume 2 came out in 2004. Uh, so this was originally supposed to be a single theatrical release, but it ended up being over four hours. So we had to divide it into two volumes. Um, you got anything to say about it? Well, I love the directing of the movie. I've yeah. seen it with with Irma Thurman. Um, yeah. She's the best. Uma. Actress yeah. ever from the nineteen, 
from like early, like mid to mid mid nineteen nineties to early two thousands. Okay, okay, um, yeah, Uma Thurman, she's a uh, kind of a legend, right? What's that song? Yeah, that, ha- that has uh, it says like Uma Thurman in it. Uma Thurman. I think it's Panic at the Disco or something. You know what I'm talking about? No, I think so. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly how it goes, though. Yeah, me neither. Um, so Kill Bill. Um, I feel like a lot of people know about Kill Bill, though. You know? Yeah. I guess pretty well known. Yeah. This next movie is not, though. I didn't hear about this until I uh, looked at his... Um... Filmography. Yeah, filmography. So his next movie came out in 2007. It's called Grindhouse Death Proof. Um, all I know is that it was a take on 1970s slasher films. It is. It is. The reason this is Groundhouse because there's actually another feature directed a different director. So they do, so they're trying to out direct the movie. Oh, gotcha. So Grindhouse is kind of like a series, and he uh, he got to do one of them. Yeah, one of them is Terra Planet, I think, from Robert Rodriguez. Mmm, Terra Planet. Gotcha. Okay, so that is uh. That's Grindhouse Death Proof. If anybody else out there has seen it, let me know how it is. <laughs> I haven't seen it. John, you want to know what's super sad? What? I haven't seen one movie on the list so far. <laughs> okay, it's not that bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that bad. Um, you want to talk about two years later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. You want to introduce the next one? Yeah, sure. Um, this is about a movie. Um, is about is about killing Nazis. Um, yeah. what's it called? Um, Inglorious Bastards. Oh yeah, it came out in two thousand nine. I've seen this movie, so his offer that. <laughs> yeah, I never seen it yet. But I I own it on DVD. I don't want to watch movies like not in order like i want to see the first film then the west you know yeah 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 i get that dude so i have seen inglorious bastards um it's basically the story of a group of like jewish american uh guerrilla soldiers and like and also has it yeah yeah no his his cast are always star-studded um and it's it's 100 scouts (laughs) i want my scouts is that a brad pitt uh yeah. Impersonation from what movie? Um, the same movie we we're talking about. Inglorious Bastards. I thought you said you hadn't seen it. Um, I know the quote. You know the quote, dude. There's this scene in Inglorious Bastards where they have this guy um uh, called the Bear Jew, and he mm. just beats the mess out of Nazis, dude. It's like awful but kind of hilarious at the same time. He like yeah. walks out of this cave with like this. If I remember right, he walks out with this bat. I'll send you the scene after this dude about the bear Jew. It's a great scene. It's awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Next, next, uh, you want to, you want to say the next one too? So this is a I'm highlighted sure. one. You got it. This is a highlighted film. I, what, how many years is this? It's 2009, it's, 2012. It's in 2012. So three years, three years. Um, it's called Django Unchained. The D is silent. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> yes, so Django Unchanged. I've seen this movie as well. I'm two for two now. And it's starring Jamie Foxx. Um, it's a revenge of a former slave in the southern United States in 1858. 
and it no. is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, like when I was listening to the scenes, um, I saw a scene about um listening to the a song called "I Got a Name." It's from it's, I told you about it, the person I was listening to, Jim Kochi. Um, oh yeah, he, yeah, he sang the movie. He 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 sang he sang the song and the song is in the movie. So I saw it. it oh the first no time. Okay, so yeah, yeah, so. One of John's favorite singers or mu- music he listens to a lot is a guy named Jim Croce. Jim Croce, say? Croce? Something like that. Croce. 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 Not Croce. It's Croce. Croce. Not like Rosé. It's Croce. No. No. <laughs> okay. Croce. And uh, so he has some songs in uh, Django. That's what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I remember in 2012, my sister and my older brother – um, saw that in theaters without me because of, because of the content of the film, I think. Yeah. By the time. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty gruesome and has a lot of bad language in it. But it's a great, it, it's it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time, without a doubt. It's up there. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, so this was uh, do you do you know how many awards this movie won, John? I didn't put it down. I. I think it did pretty well. I think it got nominated for stuff or something. Um, yeah, it was nom- it was nominated. But I'm not sure. I think it I think it was nominated from best original screenplay, I think. Yeah, um I'm pulling it up right now. Let's see. This is uh this is not the uh Okay, um, Jingle Unchanged. Oh, it had five nominations, two wins um for the Academy Awards. Heck yeah. So it did do good. This chart yeah. doesn't tell me which two ones it won for, but um, there's a list. There's a there's a list. There's a, a list called accolades. Um, yeah. we press that, and that's it. Oh, awards and accolades. Okay, let me let me click it. All right, this is bad. Uh, this is bad podcasting. This is how not to podcast 101. Um, I'm currently searching for what the awards are. I'm having a tough time finding it, John. Not gonna lie, but I'm still looking. I can find it for you. Still it's, looking. It's easy for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, you go ahead and try to find it because I'm having a hard time. I feel like it okay. should be easier. Oh, okay. Accolades. Um, got it. Five. Yeah. Got it? Got, yeah. Got, <laughs> that was tough. It got five Golden Globe Award nominations, including Best Picture and Best Director and Best Screenplay. He won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. And then uh, Christopher Waltz. Yeah, you got that. You were right. And then Christoph Waltz uh, received the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. There we go, dude. We got it. That was tough, but we found it. Uh, Yeah. So this movie, I mean, this is my favorite Tarantino movie, partly because it's one of the, like, five Tarantino movies I've actually seen. (laughs) But it's one of of my favorite movies of all time. Um, And I I feel like it kind of launched – uh, Tarantino back onto the award stage. It's been a while since he like had a movie that was critically acclaimed and got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Um, but Django was with that movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You want to say the next movie? Um, this film we're going to is 2015. I'm guessing it's um four years, I think. Three. Three years later. Three years later. Um, this is about a. I'm not sure what the movie's about, but I know it's called The Hateful Eight. Yes, yes, the Hateful Eight. Um, so it stars Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, 
So I didn't know if you knew this, John, but there was a lot of controversy surrounding the release of this film because the script got leaked and Tarantino was not happy. So he ended up making a couple different versions of the film that are just modified a little bit. And some of the versions are played in road shows, um, which is, I guess, a a kind of travel tour of the film. And then the main theatrical release um, was slightly different. And after the script was released, he also spent time um, changing the ending a little bit or modifying yeah. it, which is cool, which is interesting. But it, it sucks mm-hmm. that it got leaked. But that's the Hateful Eight, uh, another star-studded cast, um, kind of like a murder mystery in a lot of ways. I think I never saw it. And also, run. yeah, and also has accolades of the same film for 2016 Academy Awards. Okay, there we go. Um, it was nom. It won for best original score, um, and it was nominated for best cinematography. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so he's back on the award scene there. Um, so those are all the movies he's done up until now. But in twenty nine yeah. in twenty nineteen, we are hyped for a movie he that's coming out called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, coming in twenty nineteen. So like four days ago, I was chilling. Um, where was I? I was doing something. Oh, I was eating lunch with some friends, and then uh, I get a Facetime from John. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of odd. He usually we usually talk like at night for the most part, but it was like lunchtime, which means it was like 10 a.m. your time, which is early for you. And I get a Facetime and I answer it. I'm like, what's up, dude? What's going on? And he's like, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer just came out, and I was like, oh my gosh. No way, because I'd been sending John. They were releasing the, uh, they were the posters. Yeah, they were releasing the posters kind of like day by day, and I was sending them to John. And then the trailer dropped, and he called me, and we watched it. Um, dude, it's starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. Dude, the cast is star-studded. Oh yeah, it is. Does it get any better than that? I don't think so. Yeah. It's about the Manson family murders, which I don't know very much about. Do you know a lot about the family, the Manson family murders? Well, I know my mom lived it. Lived it. Oh yeah, I probably yeah. know my mom did too. Why? Like, what? How do you know? Like generally, what happened though? Not really. Um, I know for I know for a fact. I know Tony Mason killed Sarah Tate. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's Mark. That that is Marquette Robbie's role to play. Mmm, Margot Robbie's role. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So we're excited for that, and that does his filmography. That does it for his filmography and movie list. So now we're going to talk a little about what he's known for, style and legacy. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me? I don't know anything about his style. <laughs> yes, you do. I'll start, and then maybe it'll 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 jot your memory, and you can start saying stuff. Um, okay. so. I, I like, in my opinion, he's kind of known for the graphic violence in some of his films. Um. And a lot of his violence is very raw and authentic, but at the same time, it's, like, trivialized. And it's, like, very aesthetically um, exuberant. Not sure if that's the right word, first word that came to mind. Um, But, like, for instance, there's a scene in Django towards the end of the movie where this lady gets shot and she flies backwards. Like, it doesn't make sense. It would never happen in real life. But Well, it depends on what... What weapon it is. That's true. It was just like a hand pistol, though. So she, so she gets shot, and she flies back. And, like, the angle doesn't make sense. And she just flies back so fast and far that you're like, what the heck? 
But yeah. well, that's kind of I know his other, Yeah. Go for it. Oh, I know his one of the styles. Um sometimes he always do bl- blood splatter. Yeah, a lot of blood. A lot of blood. Very, very um graphic. Very graphic ones. When I when I was watching um Kill Bill. Yeah. Um the when I was watching the Kill Bill when when Kill when when Urban Thurman's character was fighting sword sword fighting the crazy eighty eights. Yeah. It was super bloody. Quentin Tarantino has to be put in black and white. Oh wow! He put it in black and white so you couldn't see the blood as well. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's an interesting fun fact. Um, yeah. So de- his movies are definitely very graphic. I would say they have like a ton of energy and focus too. Um, in terms of sometimes he and tries. Narrative. Yeah, yeah. He tries to address um, political issues and kind of underlining. Things are happening in America, like in Django. Um, he took on slavery like headfirst, and the horrible past that you know slavery was in America. Um, yeah, and he does not shy away from violence, like we said. Um, also, his movies are kind of known for they don't usually a lot of them don't have linear styles, like the plot kind of bounces here, and there, and bounces back and forth. Um, the, I would the the performances. Yes. Yes performances um and he is deemed by many as the most influential director of our generation yeah our 21st century directors yeah would you agree with that yeah i totally agree with that of course <laughs> alongside with stanley kubrick's um steven spielberg robert Zemeckis. yeah um, those, are, those are your boys else? Yeah, these are my boys. Um, what else I should mention? What 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 director Scorsese, I should Martin Scorsese? Martin Martin Scorsese. Um, I think you nailed the big oh, ones. Yeah, I did. I, did I say Stanley Kubrick? I think so. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Okay, the big big name guys. Um, but that is his style and kind of his legacy. And now we're going to move on to our last portion. It's a game called Two Truths, One Lie. Have you ever played this game before, John? Nope. So I'm going to tell you three facts, okay? One of them is a lie. We're going to do two sets of these. One of these is a lie. The other two are truths. You have to tell me which one the lie is, okay? Okay. So here's fact one. Quentin Tarantino was at one point in life considering becoming a novelist. That's fact one. Fact two, Quentin Tarantino is a black belt in karate. Fact number three, Kill Bill was the first Tarantino movie to use the F-bomb less than 100 times. Which one is the lie? The second one. You think that Quentin Tarantino being a black belt in karate is the lie? Yep. Is that your final answer? Yes. Are you sure you don't want to change your answer? The first one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can keep it. The second one was the lie. You were correct. You should have stuck with it, dude. All right, you got it. So Quentin Tarantino is not a black belt in karate. So well done. You you got it. All right, now the next – are you ready for the next set? Yes. This is the last set. Okay. okay. Fact one. He has used real-life props such as his car and wallet in his movies. Fact two. He spelled Inglorious Bastards wrong on purpose. 
Fact number three, Quentin Tarantino once owned a pet alligator and thought about writing a movie about it. I think it's a third one. <laughs> You're right. You got it. <laughs> he definitely did not own a pet alligator, and he definitely did not think about writing. How the heck would you write a movie about a pet alligator? But I did think it was interesting. He spelled Inglorious Bastards wrong on purpose, and he's never told anybody why. Hmm. He, he thinks it would take the fun and the artistic, um, the artistic portion, or I don't know how to say it, artistic. What word he spelled wrong? Bastards spelled, or inglorious? Bastards. He spelled it with E-R-D-S. It's supposed to be A-R. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. So when I originally saw it, I thought Wikipedia just made a typo. <laughs> <laughs> But they didn't. <laughs> That's how we want it to be spelled. So that does it for a Quentin Tarantino life and career. And, and also there's one more thing I want to talk about first. Okay, hit it. Um, I'm not sure you notice. Do you know every single scene um each, each movie of his films has an opening and end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's into feet. What do you mean? Um, every scene, it was showing feet. He has feet in every scene? Not every single scene. Just, um, just scene to scene. Not like, like, periodically scenes. Gotcha. So he, he puts a lot of feet in there? Yes. Okay, I'll have to be on the lookout for that in, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, huh? See how many feet I see. Yeah. Oh, maybe you should count them. Maybe. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to spend the whole time counting feet. <laughs> Maybe on the second time I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, from like from his film, like, watch his films, all his filmography, and count them by each movie. Okay. Gotcha. I might do that. We'll see. Okay, so that is, we're at 33 minutes. That wasn't that bad. That's kind of long. Longer than most of ours, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> I actually, the first one is actually 35. Yeah, by the time we're done talking, we might pass it though. Um, so that is that does it for the Tarantino life and career. Um, thank you guys for listening. Oh, if anybody bought t-shirts, um, the t-shirts should be done on April 9th. And then if you live in College Station or in Texas in the surrounding area, um, I will probably drop it off for you. If you live outside of the area, I will ship it to you. Um, and so it'll probably take, if you live outside of college station, expect to get it probably a week after the ninth. So like the 16th. And then if you live in college station or in Texas or something like that, um, hopefully I can get it to you, um, before the 11th, I would say, but that's exciting. We're getting shirts, man. And we're donating all the money to hope story. Um, I'm not sure how much money we raised yet, but I think it's a somewhat significant portion portion of money more so than I thought we were going to be able to raise. How much money do we raise again? I don't know yet. I'll let you know as soon as uh, we sold over thirty shirts. Each shirt was twenty wow. bucks. So you can probably say we we uh, we sold about six hundred dollars worth of shirts. Six hundred dollars on shirts. Yeah, probably a little bit more. But then a lot of that we a lot of that money goes towards the shirts, and then all the profits we're gonna give to Hope Story. So 
be on the lookout for that. I'll contact anybody um, if I have trouble getting it to you, um, and we will make sure those get to you. And thank you guys so much for buying one. Um, and thank you so much for listening. It seriously means the world to John and I. We're happy to be back and doing this. Um, it's been a while since we've been on the podcast, but we're back, baby. You got anything to say, John, to finish us off? Um, I just want to say is, um, have a good day. Have a good day. You heard it here first. Thank you.